You're listening to Thoughtful Wellness Revolution with Zara and Hien, where we believe wellness isn't wellness if it's just for you. Today, you're listening to a preview of a bonus episode. Before we get started, remember to give us a five-star rating and review. Let's get into it. And so this is our bonus episode with Alicia. And starting off, um, we would like to ask you to tell us a little bit about the movement to decolonize human rights. And what does it mean and what are people doing? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, And I can tell you a bit about it, but I can also signpost people to learn more about it. Um, And human rights are an interesting thing because I hadn't really thought about um, coloniality and human rights before I started my PhD on business and human rights. And then when you take a second to think about like the origin of human rights, like they're decided in 1945 in Paris by the colonial powers and then signed or opposite San Francisco and then, um, you know, declared in Paris by the colonial powers. There were only four African countries present and they were apartheid South Africa, Liberia, Egypt and Morocco or Algeria, I don't know, but not, a, not representative of Africa as a whole. And these are the rights that now we've proclaimed everyone, these are everyone's innate human rights, and we have to defend against those, protect those at all costs, and everyone, you have those, and these are the rights that we've chosen for you, and so it's an incredibly, when you learn about it, it's an incredibly colonial project, and human rights has been used to legitimize so much state-sponsored violence of going to protect the human rights that we decided that (laughs) these other countries have, and now we're gonna, you know, bomb you until you respect them, um so yeah when you start to think about it, you're like oh yeah it's pretty messed up it's not something I realized it's also I learned that human rights is like pretty taboo to talk about in, in certain countries which I was like why would you be taboo and then you're like oh yeah because they're just this <laughs> colonial power tool um that we use and especially in the beginning they were really human rights when they were declared were used as a weapon for the west in the cold war um, and really pushed forth like capitalism again as like the you know the human rights uh, approach to business as compared to and living compared to communism and socialism. And when you read all this stuff, you're like, oh yeah, that's pretty shady human rights. I see what you're doing there. And so a big part of decolonizing human rights um, comes from like human-centered human rights and listening to indigenous voices and. Um, worldviews and perspectives outside of these rights that the West had decided are the universal rights for the whole wide world um, to protect. Um, There's a movement in um, law called TWAIL, which is the Third World Interpretation of International Law, Third World Approach to International Law, And they look a lot at how human rights are also incredibly state-centered. Like the states are the ones responsible for human rights. It can, your rights are only rights if they can be prosecuted in a court, protected and prosecuted in a court, which that is incredibly Western colonial capitalist to have a state-centered human rights. So moving beyond um, state rights to consider other rights, I think are steps people are taking um, towards decolonizing human rights. There's actually this scholar named Issa Shivji, who I think we're related to actually, um, in Dar es Salaam, who writes about um, human rights in Africa. And he's this really cool critical scholar who I hope that I get to meet and work with one day. So yeah, people are doing 
people are doing cool shit. Okay, well, you definitely have to contact this man and work with him because I think that's so cool. Um, yeah. But wow, that is really interesting because like the second you bring it up, because when you mentioned it as a thing you like knew about and had some interest in like around your field, I was like, oh, I need to know more about that. And it does really make zero sense when you think about it that the idea, because I was talking, God, I was having a conversation with someone yesterday and they were like, yeah, but the, the U.S. has to intervene in all of these wars because who else is going to? And I was like, I don't know, man. I think it's pretty wild to hear people say like, oh, we're going to be the saviors of the world. And that's exactly what the Conference on Human Rights was. It was like, we've decided right. like good for everyone else. Yeah, we've decided what innate rights every single person on the board is born with. Um, and then... Yeah, and to be and people talk a lot about um, the duality of human rights, which is interesting. Like people, like the rhetoric of human rights is used both to oppress people and for state-sponsored violence, but it is also used by those same groups who are fighting oppression will be fighting for their human rights. Thank you for listening to the Thoughtful Wellness Revolution podcast. For the full episode and more bonus content, you can go to thoughtfulwellnessrevolution.substack.com and subscribe for only $5 a month.